Blog Talk Radio. Comment. 
again, it doesn't bother me. He's young. Everybody does dumb things. And, uh, you know, if they say that he can quarterback a power play, I mean, he's going to get a lot of forgiveness from Ranger fans. I'll tell you that. And, Vinny, one of the things that I looked to bet on when I was in Vegas, um, I, I like to go for the puck line. The Rangers seem to have an issue last year. Their defense was getting old. Girardi is now out. They have a young, puck-moving, good-skating, fast defenseman in D'Angelo. I was taking teams against the Rangers with the puck line because if Henrik had a bad game, there was no chance they were getting in it. They give up an empty net, boom, it's money. Do you like younger teams when you're making hockey bets, or do you go with other factors where, such as home, road? Where do you think of when you're looking at hockey bets? You just got to see the trends, you know. There's always going to be that one dominant home team every year. Usually it's the Ducks at the pond. You always know they're good for a win. But um, you just got to go with the trends here. I don't really go with the puck lines too much because I know it's uh, fair to do that with the empty netters at the end and you get the nice little payouts. But um, I always like going with the sure thing, man. The money line is always uh, – you got to put up a little more for a safer bet. But uh, the Rangers, yeah, when Hank's bad, he's pretty bad. And he's given up a lot of uh, – he's gotten pulled from a lot of games. But um, – is Helberg the next guy? I really liked uh, Ranta, but uh, it's Helberg's time up here. We'll see what he can do. And you brought up Ranta. Rangers are pretty good with the. Uh, you to lose a backup like Ranta that fought them so far, like last year. Yeah, I'm not too concerned. Uh, I think that all comes down to the coach, uh, Benoit Lair. Uh, they've there's going to be a lot of goalies out there, Rob. Um, we actually thought you and I, you said it, and I agreed that Vegas was going to take more goalies. They really didn't. There's going to be names out there. Um, Keith Kincaid from Jersey. He had a, a nice stretch for Jersey last year. Uh, Mike Condon, uh, he played um, where I think Ottawa last year. He filled in a ton when yeah, Craig Pittsburgh Anderson to was signed. Yep. And um, who else? Brian Elliott. Uh, he was just the number one in Calgary. That did not work out there. He'll be out there also. Anthony Niemi got released today. They will find a goalie. Um, I'm really not worried about the Ronta loss. And he's going to get paid after next year. He's making a million dollars this year. He's going to start this year. He will get a contract next year, and the Rangers weren't going to pay him. And that's fine. And just a couple of miles east from – go ahead. He deserves a start. Well, and just a couple of miles east from Madison Square Garden, the Barclays Center, and there's going to be a lot of changes over the summer, not only with the Brooklyn Nets, who got rid of the face of their franchise, but the New York Islanders also making some moves, and we think more still to come, but out is Mikhail Grabowski, Ryan Strom, Travis Hamannick, and this year's first-round pick in return the Islanders. Uh, got Jordan Eberle, who's going to be on the first line. He's going to be the right winger. Wasn't very happy when the trade was made. I'm a big Ryan Strome fan, and I don't like what Epperly did last year. He started the year with Connor David, who won the MVP. He won the Ted Lindsay Award. He won the scoring title. He won every award you could win. He was the best player in hockey in only his second year. He was playing with Jordan Epperly and Milan Lucic. Guess what? Epperly sucked, and he didn't do anything. He ended up getting demoted to the second and then the third line. He did end up with 20 goals. was his worst season, though, in the NHL. At 27 years old, he's got two years left on his contract that pays him $6 million a year, whereas Strom was making a third of that. And there's a 23-year-old guy that could be here a lot longer than two years. Everly's a better player now. I like Strom better in the long term. If you have no goals in 13 playoff games, that's a red flag, and that's what Everly had last year. So I didn't like that. And uh, Travis Hamannick, he's just a class act. He's the nicest, most genuine guy that I've ever dealt with in the media. Um, so losing him on a personal level, it hurt. He was a good hockey player that had a tough run of uh, injuries the last couple of years. That hurt him as well. To get a first and two seconds back, that's a good haul for a guy like Hamannick. I know that people were saying the Islanders were crazy, like you, Mike, were saying that they're crazy for asking two first-round picks. What do you think of the haul they got for Travis Hamannick? Um, again, I mean, the, dra- the draft is just such a crapshoot. When you're mentioning he could be involved for a James Van Riemsdyk or a Matthew Shane or, I mean, I would have rathered the player. You're trying to keep Tavares here. You just brought in Everly. I would have rathered some sort of offensive player. And, you know, if they want to take picks, fine. I know they're loaded on defense. Um, They even have a a few young uh, offensive uh, talented players down at the farm. But, um, you know, eventually they have to go for it. Eventually Garth Snow has to show what he's worth here, make a move, make a splash. And Everly can't be the big splash, in my opinion. Look, I'll tell you right now, we're getting rid of your rant in a couple of weeks if the big splash that we get is Jordan Everly, because I'll go off. It might be an hour of entertainment for me. 
Um, Goon, you might have to have your trigger on the um, the bleeps button. I agree with you there. But I'll say this about the picks. And from what all reports are is Joe Sackick and Colorado didn't want Hamannick in the deal for Duchesne. So by getting the first and a couple of second-round picks, maybe that's what the Islanders are going to try to uh, push to Colorado in an effort to get Duchesne because we still hear the Islanders are looking to get Matt Duchesne. And right now, you have to think that Colorado's backed themselves into a corner. They've really alienated the player. They've been trying to trade him since the deadline. He doesn't want to be there anymore. It basically is they got to break up with him, and they're asking for the world. So eventually their price is going to have to come down. I'm sure Garth Snow is waiting in the wings, and that would be the big fish. Now the Islanders would have a very solid top six, although Matthew Shane's going for a very rough year on a very bad team last year, so I'm not so sure that he's worth a ton. So you got to keep bars out for the Islanders. Um, I'd give up a Beauvillier or a Pollock or a Brock Nelson, but I'm not giving up Matt Barzell for two years of Matthew Shane. And by the way, next week, July 1st, John Tavares eligible to sign an extension, so we'll keep our eyes on that because the longer he goes without it, the more chatter there's going to be that they're not going to keep him. And I know it's going to be a lot of tripping from your Ranger fans, and I really, really don't want a piece of that. That would make um, a fun I, show, Rob. I, I hear for you, you not so much me. Duchesne, but real quick, if I could have told you how many could have been in a deal for Galchenyuk, or you had suggested Kadri, whose name had been floating around, would you have taken either of those players for Hamannick? Absolutely, I take the, the, the I take the player. Um, I understand why they didn't do it for James Van Reems, like a 27 year old with only one year left on his contract. He's got a no trade call too. If he waived it to come here, he wasn't going to sign an extension right now. Um, they also would have gotten a first, though, with it. So the problem is the Islanders are pretty much loaded on left wingers. Andrews Lee had 34 goals last season. Andrew Ladd's making $5 million a year. Um, he's locked up long term. He's going to be your second-line left wing. So where are you going to put Dan Reams like unless you're going to play somebody on their off wing? You wouldn't put him on the first line because now they got Everly. So not a lot of room there on the wing. The Islanders need help down the middle. They could use a better goalie if you ask me. I don't like Grice and Halak going into next year. Well, I mean, there's definitely going to be players out there, but I don't think they'll, you know, a better time, but I don't think they're going to throw money towards, uh, you know, a Ben Bishop or a Ryan Miller. No, well, Bishop um, signed with Dallas, so he's gone. He's he's locked up. Um, The Islanders have two goalies in the system, and uh, Ely Sorokin and then Lena Soderstrom, who's going to be here at rookie camp tomorrow. These are the goalies of the future. Sorokin is the best goalie in the KHL, and he's young. The problem with him is he's one of those KHL guys. Is he ever going to come over? Is he going to keep signing extensions in in, uh, Russia? A rumor is that he was going to come over this year or next, but because NHL players are not, he decided to stay in Russia because now he's going to be Russian starting goalie in the Olympics. So that's going to keep him a year away from developing, you know, on the North American ice and getting to know the the NHL or the AHL better. Um, I'm just not a big Thomas Grice fan. I think if Halak is healthy and he could play maybe a 60-40 split and get to 60% over Grice, I think that's good for the Islanders. Still a lot of questions to be answered. Don't forget, we're not even at July 1st yet. Free agency hasn't started. A lot of teams are still going to make a ton of moves. Wanted to get your take. Rangers in free agency. You already brought up Shattenkirk. Who is the guy that you're going after or maybe a couple of guys and you have a big hole at center? Are you going to address it through free agency? Um, just a couple names I wrote down. I think they need a right-hand defense, but it's no secret. If you don't get Shattenkirk, the Stefan trade then doesn't make sense. He needs to be the splash. Um, they had enough money to keep Smith as it is with Stefan. Shattenkirk needs to be the guy. The only other right-handed defenseman out there that they would have to then go get is Michael Stone, a decent year. Um, as far as centers go, I had mentioned Joe Thornton. Uh, there's rumors are that he wants to stay with San Jose. They stripped him of the captaincy. He's older. He's coming off two injuries. He's uh, good friends with Marlowe now. If they don't offer Marlowe a contract, would he move? Um, and then there's Martin Hansel, who I think will be overpaid. I think he'll be the overpaid guy this offseason. Uh, great face-off guy. I wouldn't mind seeing him in a Rangers uniform, but I don't think they'll pay him. Yeah, I think that Joe Thornton and the Rangers have been talked about for a long time. I can definitely see that happening. If I had to make a bet, he'd be the guy that they get. You hear a lot of talk with Shattenkirk about Buffalo. I wonder if he'll sign in Buffalo. I also saw a report today, I think it was Chris Nichols, that said 
he doesn't think that the Rangers are as interested in Shattenkirk as people think they are. So that'll be interesting. That starts now. NHL teams starting yesterday are able to talk to players and free agents. They're not allowed to offer them a contract, but they can talk. And this is where a lot of the foundation of deals gets made. So between now and July 1st, that's going to be going on. I'm sure the Rangers will talk to all those, a lot of those guys that you spoke of. It'll be interesting next you know, year. You know, Rob, kind of recap. Another guy that makes sense, Rob, is Brian Boyle. And uh, you know I hate Brian Boyle, but I think he does make a lot of sense as a guy that can penalty kill, third line, fourth line, uh, you know, face-offs, and now even playoff experience. I would not be surprised if he's back. Yeah, he um, obviously was a deadline deal um, from Tampa Bay to Toronto last year. Had a huge impact on that fourth line in Toronto. Played really well against Washington. I considered him even the other day for the Islanders if we can't land a Duchesne, somebody that come in and can play that second, uh, third line checking role with Sezikis on the fourth or him and Sezikis flip flop. Good player, good call. I wonder if he'd come back to New York. I know that he has you um, blocked on Twitter, though. You couldn't exactly welcome him back if he does. Uh, well, the show's account is not blocked, so I'll be able to welcome him back with open arms on that one. Well, it's about 8.16 here, over-the-top sports radio. We promised you a lot of hockey talk. We're 15 minutes into the show. We basically talked about two, maybe three teams we knew would be one of those crazy weeks, and that's great this summer because before football starts, we're not going to have weeks like this. It'll be a lot of baseball coming up, fantasy football on the cup shows. But one thing I want to talk about was a couple of names that we got right. We called the Panarin deal. I said it about a month ago that Chicago is going to trade him. He ends up with Columbus, the team in the Metro that had a great year last year. Now they're better. The division is stacked. We have the champions. We have the Capitals are always there. The Rangers are always there. Columbus is on the scene, and now they got even better. The Islanders have been in the playoffs three of the last four years until this season. And even not to mention, the Devils and the Flyers got the top two picks in the draft this year. Vinny, future bets, Metro division. Stay away, huh? Yeah, it's going to be a very, very tight division. It should be fun. Uh, maybe we'll see some new teams come in there, Devils and Flyers. Well, the Flyers have been there. Devils haven't been there in a little bit. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tight division. Those division games are going to be fun this year. And, Mike, we talked about the expansion draft beforehand. You got a lot of names right. I got a couple of names right, too. Uh, any surprises, any thoughts on the Vegas Golden Knights going into their inaugural season? Uh, no, I think, you know, James Neal was the no-brainer. Uh, Flurry, we had said you had actually that when I thought Cody Eakin just because the age he made sense so there really wasn't I think they're still going to even be making trades to try and just bring in more picks I think you saw at the draft what they want to do these players on the roster right now really don't mean anything they want to get younger and uh, they're playing for five years from now yeah and they picked up a ton of draft picks which was just I think the smartest way to go we said last week that we all agreed with that George McPhee ended up doing that himself and they're still going to get even more draft picks because they drafted, I think they have 12 defensemen right now. That's too many. They're going to send some of those guys packing. They already did with Trevor Van Dyke. They're going to get some future picks with that. They're going to be a team that in a few years, they're going to have a nice little team out there in the Western Conference. Um, but it was interesting the way they did it in the middle of an award show. Um, you saw players like Bryce Harper tweeting out there, hey, MLB, pay attention. The NHL does their awards right. They celebrate the players. They made it an event to see, and it was in Vegas. So, it was a nice little fun on a, a summer night to watch. And now we got a new team, and now we got free agency upon us. And that's just going to be fun as well. And we want you guys to get involved as well. If you have any comments, questions, concerns about your hockey team or a player or a free agency or anything, give us a call, give us a tweet, send us a message. We'll answer it on air. We'll answer you on air. Over the Top Sport, over the top sport on Twitter. And, of course, the phone number is on the website that you listen to right now. Give us a call. We'll talk to you then. In a couple of minutes, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the NBA. They had their draft last week. Um, a couple of Knicks moves and non-moves. A couple of um, awards that are going to be handed out tonight. Penny's going to give us a look at the NBA awards. We'll be back with you in a couple of minutes on Over the Top Sports Radio. Picture of my life and my dreams 
the Wooden Award winner, Frank Mason. Look at those are flashy college names. Those are big-time names. Uh, Frank Mason gets a lot of heat because he's short. But that guy, he's cold-blooded, man. He's out there to play. I think he, I think he'd be solid in second round. Why not take a stab at him? I'd rather have Frank Mason than uh, Frank, however you say his name, that the Knicks took. And last week we talked about a lot of potential deals. Chris Porzingis from the Knicks was being rumored to be headed somewhere. The one deal that was made, um, or talk about Jimmy Butler, because he was the first guy that was brought up on the show last week. You wanted to get a couple of words in about this Jimmy Butler deal. What a steal for the Timberwolves, and what on earth are the Bulls thinking? I just don't see this at all. So the trade was uh, the Timberwolves get Jimmy Butler and the Bulls' first-round pick in exchange for Zach Levine, Chris Dunn, and the seventh pick, which was a team pick. Uh, Zach Levine's coming off a torn ACL. Chris Dunn cannot shoot the ball. He was great in Providence, but this guy has no jump shot, and without it, he's nothing. He's a lottery pick. And they took uh, Laurie uh, Markkinen from Arizona, who's pretty good. Shooter. That could be a pretty good pick. But uh, for Jimmy Butler, man, they had just given up. Uh, they could have really built around this guy, and they thought he was going to be the franchise. They just trashed him. And now – I think we are losing Vinny a little We lost Vinny a little bit at the end. Uh, what were you saying about Townsend Wiggins? That's a nice big three they got over there in Minnesota. Butler, Townsend Wiggins, that's going to be nice over there. And they still what, does for, what does this mean for someone like a Carmelo Anthony or a Paul George? So rumored, so long rumored to be traded. Uh, where's Where's George going to end up? Where's Carmelo going to end up? Or are they going to be staying put when the season starts? I think, and I hate to say it, I think Carmelo is going to stay unless uh, he gets bought out or something. I don't I don't see him going anywhere. I don't even see why teams would want him. But that's on another that's on another thing we could talk about. Um, Paul George is getting used to a new trade every day because I think for a week straight we've been seeing trade action with him and nothing's going down. It's weird because everyone knows he wants to go to the Lakers and the Lakers aren't going to trade for him and he's not going to sign long-term with anybody. It's risky business doing a trade for him right now. And, Mike, we talked about Brooke Lopez being traded from the Nets. They traded their face to their franchise. Is something like that something that a team like that has to do even if they're doing the right thing by Brooke to give him a chance to be on a team that's going to win, the Nets aren't going anywhere for years. They have no first-round picks. Nobody wants to come play for them in Brooklyn. And is that something that maybe that the Knicks should do for Carmelo just to get rid of the headache and start moving forward? Yeah, I'm okay with trading Carmelo as long as they get something for him. If they buy him out and don't buy Noah out, I would be even more furious, which I don't think is possible. Uh, you know, good for Brooke Lopez getting out of there. Um, and it's not, I, don't, I didn't think it was a bad trade. You could ask Vinny uh, to bring in a guy like D'Angelo Russell when Lopez is always hurt anyway. I Good for the Nets. They they brought in a younger player, and cheaper for that matter. And you had a rant ready for uh, Phil Jackson and the Knicks, and uh, the floor is yours, Mike. It's all yours. All right, Robbie, thanks. So today's rant, as you just said, it's Phil Jackson and the New York Knicks. I, I can't stand them. In the three full seasons that Phil has been the team president, they haven't won more than 32 games in a season. They're 80 and 166 under the so-called Zen Master. He's tried to force this stupid triangle offense since day one, even though many analysts feel it's outdated and was only successful because he had Hall of Famers MJ and Kobe and then sharpshooters like Carr and Horry on their wings. He's hired Derek Fisher, who had no experience. He hired Jeff Hornacek, who has no experience. He traded Amon Shumpert to Cleveland for practically nothing when it's known that the Thunder had offered a late first-round pick for him that year. He traded the Defensive Player of the Year, Tyson Chandler. Then he, uh, he traded J.R. Smith, who was involved with that Shumpert trade. He keeps supporting Kurt Rambis as the defensive coordinator, even though the Knicks don't know what defense even is. He gave Noah four years, $72 million, when he has a history of injuries. No other team wanted him. He ended up having knee surgery in February, failed the drug test, and then he called out Carmelo. I know Vinny just said, I don't know why a team would want Carmelo. Carmelo's still a top 7-10 scorer in the league. The Knicks need that. Even just as a draw, they need that. Starts calling him out that he holds the ball too long and he doesn't pass. And then if he wanted to trade him, why would he start bashing him? He should have sold him like a dozen roses and then bashed him after he traded him. Derrick Rose goes AWOL. That was a great move. And then you try to trade Perzingis, your 21-year-old, 7'3", sharp-shooting Perzingis. 
because he missed an exit interview. He goes all over all the media saying that I've never had a player miss an exit interview. Well, Shaq did in 2003, so I think he forgets about that. Like I said, Porzingis is 21. He's seven foot three. He's averaging 18 points a game, seven rebounds, two blocks. He can even shoot the three. Why on earth are you trading this guy? He's not even making money yet. And where is James Dolan through all this, Rob? He's out playing a concert with his blues band gig. The truth is Dolan doesn't care about this team, and he hasn't for a while. And he doesn't care because every Knicks fan will go over there, buy a ticket, and sell out that arena every night. It's a joke. Every Knicks fan that has cable vision should unsubscribe to MSG and hurt Dolan in the pocket because then he'll realize that he's fucked up hiring Phil Jackson. And I'm done, Rob. Nobody is happier than James Dolan. James Dolan's got nothing to uh, Phil Jackson. This guy could go out there, play at his band. He's like, hey, I got that genius over here now. So he could do all the moves, and now look at me. I, I'm good. I'm okay. I'll just kick out Charles Oakley every now and then, you know? He's not allowed in my arena. It's a bad guy anymore here. It's all on Phil. The finger goes to him. And what is Phil thinking with this Porzingis trade? Why would you trade him? The one thing you did right with this team was Kristaps Porzingis, and now you're ready to get rid of him? Come on, what are you thinking? I was getting, I was biting my nails every day, hoping that they weren't going to trade him this week, uh, last week before the draft. I was getting so nervous. The one thing he did right, uh, but he had to blow up that team. He tried building around Carmelo, and the only piece he he got successfully right was Porzingis. And uh, things are just not looking up for the Knicks. But thank God, next year they have a first round pick again. Usually they never have their first round picks back to back. So much. I think that problem is finally behind the Knicks. But there's just so much work to do with this team and. Carmelo's a cancer to the team. And... I think we got uh, Vinny cut off a little bit. Um, Mike, obviously, a very passionate rant about your Knicks. What is it going to take for this team? Is, does they have to do a complete overhaul, in your opinion, of all the front office and everybody and start from scratch to make this team what they once were. They haven't won a championship before any of us were born. And their glory days in our lifetime were trying to beat Jordan and get to the finals. And when they finally did, when Jordan was there, losing because of John Starks. Yeah, I think they do have the almost clean house. I, I would keep Przingis. And um, I like the tall center, uh, you know, Gomez Hernandez. Uh, I thought he was real good. And it's going to depend on how this point guard turns out. If he's garbage all year, next year come that first round, now you're going to have to be looking for another point guard. I think this pick is huge, and it all is going to depend on this kid coming up. But as far as Melo goes, you know, anybody saying just buy him out or get rid of him, he has to hold value. I know he's making a ton of money. He has to hold value. You have to be able to bring something back for him. Uh, Courtney Lee is still on the team. Go trade him. Go bring a pick back for him. There's no reason to have this guy on the team come next season. And I don't know what he was thinking with Noah, that uh, he was injured the year before. He didn't even have a good year. And then they signed him for all that money. Absolutely horrible deal. And Courtney Lee is getting overpaid, too, for what he brings to the table. They got too many problems, man. There's too much work to be done. And tonight, the NBA Awards just wanted to get your guys' opinion quickly. I think LeBron James, and I don't like the guy at all, but love him or hate him, there's nobody more valuable. Nobody gets their team more wins than LeBron James. But on the other side of the coin, Russell Westbrook had a historic year as well. Who takes home the MVP, Vinny? The MVP? LeBron James is not even a nominee. What do you think of that? Who would have ever thought that? But um, as hard as that is to believe, plain and simple, Russell Westbrook's the MVP this year. The guy did something we never thought we'd ever see, and that's finished the season averaging a triple-double. And that's something that's like something like Joe DiMaggio's hit streak. I never thought I'd ever see. And Russ did it this year. Nobody plays harder than that guy. And without Russ, OKC is just a top lottery team. You know, he had an absolute hot season. It was fun to watch. And I'd like to see him win MVP tonight because he had to watch Kevin Durant win finals MVP, uh, losing his buddy over there. But Russ did it this year, and he's going to get it tonight. Well, we'll have to take a look at that. NBA free agency also going to get underway next week. Is there going to be any movement that uh, we should be looking for, Ben? Who knows? Paul George is out there. You know, that's, a, that's obviously a big name. I'm sure something's got to get done, you would think. But um, now that Butler's dealt, um, I, don't, I don't really know outside of George what the next move for anybody is. It would surprise me any other move. All right, well, we'll keep our eye on that. We'll keep our eye on the Knicks situation as well. Uh, New York basketball, not in very good state right now with the Knicks and the Nets 
struggling for a long time right now. The Mets aren't going to get any better anytime soon, and it certainly doesn't look like the Knicks are on the right track either. Um, the New York hockey team, the Isles and Rangers, trending up. Mets and Yankees, well, the Mets aren't where we thought they would be. The Yankees certainly still in first place, even though they've lost 10 and 12. We'll delve into some baseball in just a couple of minutes. We'll talk fantasy baseball, and we're going to get Vinny's locks of the week. You uh, want to make a couple of dollars. So we'll be right back with all of that on Over the Top Sports Radio. Sports Radio. It is 8.36 on Monday night. I'm Robbie J.R., your host with Big Mike, Vinny the Shark. Little action in the major leagues going on right now. Locally, it's the Yankees in Chicago in a scoreless game. Uh, the Yankees and Red Sox fighting for first place in the AL East. It's Boston with a 2-1 lead over the Minnesota Twins, who have been one of the more surprising teams this season. Cubs one nothing in C over the Nationals, I'm sure. Once the Nationals bullpen gets involved, that one will get away from them, and the Cubs can continue to climb over 500. Rangers 8-2 in the fourth inning over the Indians in a couple of finals. It was the Diamondbacks with a 6-1 win over Philadelphia. And St. Louis 8-2 over the Cincinnati Reds. And I'll tell you, last night was kind of disturbing for me. 11-0 season, I had the dream of going undefeated in fantasy baseball. The first team in my league. Had the second highest score in the league, but our buddy Pete Bottos with Yadier Molina pulled it out in the Sunday night game. 11-1 and one now. We are halfway through the baseball fantasy season before playoffs. And I have to ask you, first, Mike, who's somebody that you think has been the most disappointing in fantasy baseball and who has been the most surprising as far as players go? Uh, I think we could all say the most surprising has been Judge, but I won't go there. I have two names for you. Ryan Zimmerman is the third-ranked fantasy player on ESPN, batting 350, 50 runs, 19 homers, 59 RBIs. Nobody expected this whatsoever. I even, uh, when we first started doing the whole show, I said, sell, 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 get what you can. And Corey Dickerson uh, on Tampa is batting 330, 56 runs, 17 homers, 39 RBIs. He's the 10th-ranked fantasy player. Just an incredible year. And my two disappointments, uh, I, Tanaka has to be up there. I mean, some people felt he could be the ace of their fantasy staff. He's 5-7, and seven, ERA over, well over 5. And my hitter would be Carlos Gonzalez. is batting 221. he He's got six homers, 20 RBI. He always starts slow, uh, not this slow. And today he was just placed on the DL. A contract year for him, and he is costing himself money. What about you, Ben? A couple of names you got for me that have been uh, sticking out. I know you have that big lead with Big Mike. Oh, yes. Well, of course, for surprise, Aaron Judge, he's on Triple Crown watching. He's an MVP candidate. He probably even went undrafted in a few leagues. But um, for surprise, how about Urban Santana? Guys, 10-4, and 2.80 ERA, has three complete game shutouts. He's potentially the AL starter for the All-Star game. And um, Robbie Ray also, our, your boy, Big Mike, 8-3, and 2.87, and 119 Ks in 94 innings. Uh, for disappointments, I'm definitely with you on Carlos Gonzalez. He's also on my team. Contract year, I thought he was going to have a monster season. I got him like the fourth round in a 12-man league. I thought that was such a steal. Not so much. But uh, how about Manny Machado? Guy's batting 228. Uh, and Miguel Cabrera, uh, I think we're finally seeing the drop in production from the guy. In 2016, he was uh, 316 average with 38 jacks and 106 RBIs. Now he's got 261 average, eight home runs, 34 RBIs, well under a low pace of what he normally does. So that's my disappointment. 
and I got a couple of surprises. I was going to go Robbie Ray. He's been my boy all year. I love him. Think of this. The last two seasons, Robbie Ray, where actually will go his whole career. His first season was 1-4 and four with an 8-16 ERA. Then in 2015, 5-12, and, and last year, 8-15. and 15. So the last two years, he had 27 losses combined. He's at 8-3 and three right now, like you said, 287 ERA. He's just having a hell of a year, finally realizing his potential. And who saw Logan Morrison? 22 homers, 54 RBIs. He's on pace for 46 and 112 out of Logan Morrison. Um, a 29-year-old guy. He's kind of traveled the league. I remember when he came up and faced the Braves when he was a Marlin. He went to Seattle after that. Now he's in Tampa Bay. Logan Morrison, what, what a season he's having. And nobody really knows that it's happening in Tampa Bay. But like I said, a 46 home run pace for this time of year for him, that's pretty, uh, pretty good. Um, Mike, your thoughts on some players to look out for this week? Uh, I just want to throw a shout out. We have Pete texting me. He's saying Odor and Trevor Story have been disappointments. He is spot on, and and Mark Reynolds has been a pleasant surprise. Uh, you got to give him props there. Uh, I just also want to mention real quick, Rob, your boy Freddie Freeman. If he's actually going to come back as a third baseman, he can very well finish the top third baseman in fantasy over Arenado Machado. You just heard Vinny said uh, is not doing well at all. I would be overpaying to try and get him right now. And Madison Bumgarner, I tweeted uh, both of these today. He's coming back. He's got a chip on his shoulder that he screwed up. He got into a uh, motorcycle accident and missed some time. He's going to come back and light it up. I'd be overpaying for both of those guys right now. And um, certainly you guys are in the same league. What's the status there? You guys play in one big league. Who's doing well? Who's not doing well? Um, And who are you selling, Mike? Uh, you could ask Vinny what place we're in. He might uh, have a better idea. I think it's third, Vinny. You want to double-check on that? I think you are third. I know I'm in the middle of the pack. I keep killing somebody one week, and then I get destroyed the next week. I the middle ground in between. Uh, a couple names, Rob. Uh, Blake Snell is being called up to start on Wednesday. I would not be racing to the wire to pick this guy up. He's fooled us all before. He's a wait-and-see guy. I wouldn't even pick him up. You can just leave him out there, and if he does well, so be it. Uh, Carlos Rodon on the White Sox coming back this week. Well, he's facing the Yankees. You're not going to start this guy against the Yankees coming back. He wasn't even that good last year if you saw him. Both of these guys, leave him out there. And uh, I'd be picking up your boy Vizcaino. I think the Braves uh, trade Jim Johnson at the deadline, and Vizcaino's having a huge year and would be in line for saves. A question for you today. I was speaking to somebody, an unnamed uh, player in one of our leagues, asking him for uh, Chris Sale. He said Korea. And a, and a middle-level pitcher. Who do you value more, Mike? Uh, who was the player, Rob? I didn't hear you. Car- Carlos Correa and, a, and a, one of my mid-level pitchers for uh, Chris Sale. Uh, sitting in third place in the league. Uh, top five teams, by the way, within five games. So it's a very close league. Um, it, that's a tough trade for me. Uh, you know, usually you tend to lead toward the bat. I would have to see how many innings you need are acquired or starts required. Carlos Correa last year had a huge second half. He's had a great first half this year. There's no reason why he can't carry that through. I would kind of lead towards Correa and then just hope that, you know, the pitcher you're getting back also can do his job and just check the wire. They're going to be bringing arms up after Super 2 has already passed. And once other pitchers get traded, come, you know, towards the end of the year, you're always seeing young arms get a shot. I think I would lead Correa. And, Vinny, you kind of hope this was a fantasy, but unfortunately few is a reality. 10 losses in 12 games for the New York Yankees. We kind of touched on it at the open. Is this just the Yankees coming back to where they're supposed to be this year, especially with their pitching staff, which is not supposed to be that good to begin with? I'm hoping it's a bad stretch, but I am really, really nervous that this could be the team that we really are at the same time. Uh, 10 and 13 in June hasn't been a friendly month to us. Somehow we're still in first place. We're literally by one percentage point, one win, uh, one better loss in the loss column. Um, we got four games with the White Sox. We got to beat these guys up before we go back to minimate against the Astros. Uh, thank Girardi for finally putting Judge Sanchez 3-4 in the lineup. It's about damn time. Uh, I don't know why Sanchez is batting uh, six. Never understood that. But um, it's good to see the best hitters three and four in our lineup. Aaron Hicks on the DL is a big deal for this team, honestly. He really has a place on this team. And he's had, he had a great year. He was actually an all-star candidate. But uh, activated from the DL, he's batting six tonight. Uh, maybe this guy could get something going. He needs it, too, for his own self. But, um, yeah, hopefully the Yanks turn it around again and get hot. But the starting pitching hasn't looked good. 
Tanaka actually pitched fantastic against the Rangers, so maybe he'll turn it around and get going. But I'm still nervous about him. But we'll see. What, we'll see what happens here. We'll see what they do. Got to win this series against the White Sox. They need three or four here. Mike, it's kind of funny because I remember last week I asked you if the uh, Mets' recent surge was full of gold. You said it was. They go out and get murdered by LA. Then they go into San Francisco. They clobber the Giants in a three-game sweep. So they go three and four on that western portion of their road trip. They have an off night tonight. Is this just what the Mets are going to be all year? Beat up on a couple of bad teams, but can't hang with the good ones. This is their season coming up, Rob. This week right here, uh, Miami, Philly, and Washington. You need a huge week against these division rivals. Personally, I've been telling you, they're fool's gold. They suck. Um, It's just not going to be a good year for the Mets. Um, Just wanted to touch on Vinny with Tanaka. Last uh, two out of three starts have been quality starts. Fantasy-wise, you could probably get him for a dime on the dollar. I'd be after him totally. As far as the Mets go, uh, even just more drama you saw as Drupal Cabrera doesn't want to play second base. I don't blame the guy. He lost his job to Jose Reyes, who's batting 180. Uh, it just The whole team is an absolute mess. The season is over, and I don't expect a good week from them against the division rivals. It wouldn't shock me if they finished fourth in the division at this point. I'd like to touch on a funny moment in baseball this week with you, Big Mike, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, I thought it was pretty funny. I had the Dodger run line the, uh, last weekend. And um, your boy Blevins, they uh, had against a middle reliever. They didn't pinch hit him. They kept the middle reliever in. It was the bases loaded, two outs in the seventh with two outs. And Blevins walked him on four straight pitches, gave the middle reliever an RBI. And then he walked the next and then, he, <laughs> and then he walked the next batter too, exactly. It's, and the, the sad part is Jared Blevins had a great year for them. They're actually probably going to get a decent return when they go to trade him because he's very tough on lefties. It's just the way the season has gone. Walk-in middle relievers, uh, walk-in runs with the bases loaded. It's, it's an absolute joke. Uh, you know, the past couple of years we've had it. All oh, the Mets, maybe they're slowly getting a, a stranglehold on baseball in New York, you know, from away from the Yankees. Not anymore. It is the Yankees again, and it will be until, I couldn't even tell you, the foreseeable future. I owe Blevins a beer for winning that run line bet. <laughs> Well, one of the guys that we forgot about when we were talking about surprises, give me your take, is how good Bellinger has been as a rookie. He's been awesome. Yeah, we actually uh, we tweeted this last week, Rob, uh, right after the show. He's averaging a home run at a better pace than Aaron Judge. And right after that, he went out and hit two against the Mets. Uh, a huge year. Another guy, though, I don't want to see him in the home run derby. I don't want to see his swing get messed up. Uh, I'd rather see him and Judge sit it out and go on tears. And we're going to see Giancarlo standing in the home run derby in Miami in front of all of his fans. I think that as a fan of another team that doesn't have anybody going to the home run derby, it would be great. This could be the most star-studded home run derby as far as power goes. might not be Hall of Fame names like Griffey, Sosa, Bonds, McGuire, et cetera, but these are guys that can just miss home runs. It'll be fun to watch and see if they're all there. But Bellinger, this kid, has put himself in the Aaron Judge level real quick. It would be fun if they were both in the same league to see who would win Rookie of the Year. And I think they both locked it up for themselves. And uh, one team is definitely going to go to the playoffs because no team right now is hotter than the Dodgers and the Yankees. Hey, they're right in it. We didn't expect them to be this good, and they are. So a little swoon, and I think that they're going to be just okay, Then, And you got nothing to worry about. They're going to have a nice, a nice little uh, – two-and-a-half-month run with five teams in the American League within five games, and that's a lot of excitement, a lot of fun at the stadium, and uh, it's been one of the best divisions in our lifetime is the AL East always fun with the Yankees and Red Sox and another team thrown in, so we're going to have fun watching that this year. Uh, Mike, yeah, you said the Mets' year comes down to this week. I agree. I see them continuing to play some good baseball. If they can get up to 500 by the All-Star break, then we can actually see something out of them, but then you got teams in the NL West, and those three teams are so good, maybe there's not a wild card spot to be had outside of it. But we'll follow that as the season goes on, and in a couple of minutes we'll come back, we'll get our final thoughts. We'll talk a little bit about WWE, Brock Lesnar coming back tonight, a lot of rumors of an icon and a legend returning to Monday Night Raw tonight, my favorite. Um, And we'll talk about who that is in just a minute. He hasn't been there yet, and we'll be right back with you on Over the Top Sports Radio. What's the 
through the thy spirit. Pray for them, God, to hear it. Love and cherish. Road is winding rough. Never worry, trust. His guidance. True alliance. I promise more praise, less silence. World's finest, holy highness. Made a promise that God decided I'm his child. Can't touch the ceiling. Can't feel the ground. Like where you going? Don't give up now. Don't lose your focus. Find your purpose. Keep it working. Find your. I'd admit it, trying to get it, trying to listen, sky's the limit, God's terrific, mile a minute to your goals, finally finished, ties are given, proud forgiveness, all the enemies have to witness, God is great, move up all my way, find your purpose, God is working, God is certain, finally hands to close the curtain, drop the burden, nicely flourish, children learning, demons burning, sold me service, God on mercy, saving burning, scratch the surface, Jesus perfect, praise deserve it, well done, sir. Set your mind to it, watch, you'll achieve it. Ignore naysayers, keep believing. And welcome back to Over the Top Sports Radio, our final segment of the night at 851. That was former Giants running back David Wilson, who has now gotten into the music industry with a great song that's AO by David Wilson. Check him out. Let him know what you think of it at uh, his Twitter, at ForStillRunning. Um, the Giants' first-round pick running back, had to cut his career short with an unfortunate injury, but still doing big things, making that music. He's a friend of the show, so give him a listen. His That song is A-O, A-Y-O, by David Wilson. So uh, give it a listen, uh, like it, subscribe to it, buy it, and tell him how much you like it, or, or tell him you don't like it. But tell him you heard it here on Open Top Sports Radio. Final segment of the day, obviously, we got to hit on WWE a little bit. Um, a couple of rumors today. We know that um, Lonzo and LeVar Ball are going to be there. I hope that when they're there, they get Stone Cold stunned because Stone Cold Steve Austin rumored to be in Los Angeles at the Staples Center tonight for Raw. Um, your thoughts on that, Vinny? Uh, Mike, you there? I guess, Vinny, we lost Vinny for me. We got you there, Mike? Yeah, I'm here, Rob. Uh, I think it's very obvious WWE wanted ratings. This is a, a ploy. Bring in Ball, bring in Austin, and I'm sure it will work. I guarantee the ratings will go sky high. I hope Ball gets stunned. I can't stand the father. I think he's a piece of crap, and I think he's going to ruin his son's career. What about you, Vinny? Now we got you back on a better line. Uh, the Ball's on air on <laughs> Monday Night Raw tonight. Um, what are your thoughts on these guys in Los Angeles? Well, I can't stand the bar ball, but I think this is the right place for him because this is the kind of uh, this he loves talking, he loves being the center of attention. This is the kind of circus that he should, he belongs in. So uh, he's gonna be on my boy Miz TV, and uh, I hope he I hope he gets stunned or something here. Like I want to see him go down. Poor Lonzo, man, he's got to keep answering for this guy. Uh, ESPN loves this dude for some reason, but tonight he's on Vince's uh, watch, and who knows what's gonna happen? We've seen Mark Cuban go through tables before, and. Uh, I could see something happen to LeVar Ball. That'd be pretty cool. And we've seen Donald Trump in a wrestling ring having his whole head uh, shaving Vincent Mann's head at WrestleMania. So anything can really go down. We've seen other stars go through a table or whatever. We're not going to see uh, the kid, but the father more than anybody. I'd love to see him be stunned. That segment is up next on Raw, so turn that on in seven minutes when Over the Top Sports Radio ends or turn it on while you listen to us, see what happens with them. If something happens before the end of the show, of course, we'll talk about it. Brock Lesnar and Samoa Joe also there. They're going to continue their confrontation. I'm sure that they're going to be just there to build up the idea in people's head that Samoa Joe can beat Brock Lesnar, of course, and then he'll lose that great balls of fire, Mike. Yeah. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. The whole Brock Lesnar thing, if he's going to be the champion, he's got to be there every week. Um, doesn't make sense now that he's going to be there tonight with the ratings thing and, and Austin's coming back. Uh, it just goes back to who's running the show. Um, and the rings are crap, and, and now you know why. You know, overload one show, and the other shows have been terrible. But uh, I don't think Samoa Joe's going to win. I think it's going to be Brock Lesnar, and I'm sure he's going to continue to uh, make his one-a-month appearance on Raw. You know, one gripe I have with WWE is one of the reasons I watch it is I love surprises. I love that, you know, the holy shit moment when the, the crowd is cheering, excuse my language, but when the crowd is cheering it because they can't believe somebody came back or some, somebody returned, somebody came out of nowhere and they dropped the ball. And if Stone Cold is in fact coming out tonight and he hasn't come, so maybe they're messing with us and they're trolling us. But he does come back. The fact that, the fact that they let us know, the fact that they made shirts and released it to the public, 
I'd rather have no idea that, oh, my God, Austin came back. That keeps you watching. Other than, you know, every week people are only going to tune in if they see that some guy is backstage. What do you guys think about that? I like the surprise factor. They need to get extra viewers instead of surprise the regular viewers. That's the thing. So anything that everyone sees Los Angeles 316, now you got people who never watch wrestling coming back just to see Austin, you know? Uh, so they'd rather have more viewers come in for better ratings. Where are you, Mike? But I'm with, I'm with you on the surprise factor, though. Mm-hmm. It would have been a lot better if you didn't know he was coming out. So anytime that glass shatters, the, you get a nice adrenaline rush. What about you, Mike? You wanna, you, do you understand and you agree with this, or is it something that, hey, I'm going to watch every week. I'm the loyal fan, so surprise me. I don't want to see it on the dirt sheets. I don't want to see it on your Twitter uh, the morning before or the morning of. Just surprise me. Hit the music, and then let me say, oh, my God, look who's there, and start texting all your friends. Yeah, I want the surprise factor, Rob. I really do. But, um, you know, like I, I see Vinny's point with wanting the extra viewers, but uh, I think more importantly, they just care about the dollar. They care about the shirts. I'm sure that shirt is sold out already. And that's all they care about. They want to make the buck. But the surprise factor definitely would have been cool. I think we all would have been stunned. And and just seeing that on TV, you would have been drawn in next week and the week after. Like, whoa, well, what's going to happen tonight? And even if nothing happens, you're just still you're waiting for it. You're expecting it. And you tune in. Well, we'll let you know what happens. We can talk about it next week. Just a few minutes left in the show. Your boy Vinny the Miz is on his way to the ring mat right now. So that segment won't really get underway until we're off the air. Um, couple of uh, loose ends to tie up. We asked you, our fans, this week on Twitter, how do you think the Golden Knights will finish their first season? 71% of you that answered said under 500. I think I agree. I don't really know who the 14% are that said they'd finish over 500. And uh, the 15% that said Vegas had a hockey team. Those are just always the idiots out on Twitter. Um, but we're into our final moments now. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Over the Top Sports Video. We want to hear from you all throughout the week. Our final segment now. Vinny, you got a couple of final thoughts. I know you need a little extra time, so why don't you get into it and give me your lock of the week. All right, let me give you two bets here. We got tonight to take the Rockies-Giants over 7.5. If you don't trust the whole 7.5, then just trust the Rockies to do their damage on Jeff Samarja over 3.5, Rocky run, uh, total team total run line. And then look into tomorrow. The Yankees will be winning tomorrow. They got Severino versus Quintana. Severino's going to bounce back. I like the Yankees versus a lefty. They're very right-handed, heavy lineup. Uh, Yanks will get it done tomorrow at U.S. Cellular. I'd also like to give some props to Mark Burley, who got his number retired. He got overshadowed by David Ortiz, another guy who got away with steroids, and everyone thinks he's clean when he's not. But uh, Burley was a solid White Sox, and he had one of my favorite calls on his perfect game by their announcer. Uh, David Harris signed with the Patriots. So that's a big slap in the face to the Jets. Uh, the big three basketball league that I created happened uh, yesterday. They taped it. It doesn't look too good. Jason Williams, White Chocolate, got injured, and Allen Iverson played eight minutes and didn't look good in it. It looks like it's going to be a complete fail, probably like the XFL. And then lastly, Charlie Sheen. He had a Babe Ruth 1927 World Series ring and an original copy of the sale document sending Ruth to New York. How on earth did this guy ever get that? Uh, the bidding for the ring is over 600000 and the document's going for over 400000 Even with HIV, Charlie Sheen is still always winning. And, Mike, you got about 45 seconds. Give me your final thoughts. Uh, I just want to throw a quick shout-out. The Saints defensive uh, tackle, Nick Farrelly, had to retire today. Uh, they placed him on the non-football injury list uh, prematurely. He's got a heart condition. I know a little something about having to uh, retire early, and it sucks. So uh, shout-out to him, and hopefully he finds a job, uh, you know, with one of the networks calling football games. All right, well, thank you for that. My final thought is, Hockey was a little bit disappointing. There were some big trades. I thought a lot more would go down. There's still plenty of time. And to all you fans out there that react as if the season's starting tomorrow, relax. There's plenty of time for free agents, plenty of time for more trades. We saw the Islanders get Letty and Boychuk three days before the season started two years ago. There's plenty of time. So fans on Twitter, the whole Twitterverse, just relax. It's going to be okay. Don't freak out. Bronson made these moves. Your team made these moves. Because he has a plan. Maybe his plan sucks. Who knows? It, it has plenty of times in the past, but let's not overreact in June to something if the team's not doing enough. But another good show for us tonight. We'll be live next Monday night. I'll be at Mohegan Sun joining the boys for a recap of everything in the week on Over the Top Sports Radio. We'll catch you next week. <laughs>